Why? Because procrastination is, is slowly eroding away your ability to act. And without actions, we know faith is dead. So that's what I want to talk about starting tonight. And then we'll just see how far we get tonight. And then we may pick it up next week. So let us pray. Father, we thank you that you are good and that you could be trusted. We thank you that your word cannot fail and it always accomplishes the task it was sent out to do. So Father, we thank you that that word was sent out so that we may grow in who you are. We thank you that the Holy Spirit has caused your love to be shared abroad in our hearts. And we understand the fullness of who you are, the depth, the breadth, the height, of your love, God. And we thank you that because we understand that it gives you the ability to do exceeding abundantly above everything that we can ask or imagine in our lives. So Father, we ask tonight for our eyes to be open to understand your word, our ears to be open to hear what Holy Spirit has to say about our individual lives concerning procrastination. We thank you that we take off the blinders and we take off deaf ears, God, and we declare that tonight is our last at any time, time, that we understand and that we be converted. So, Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity to teach your word, and I pray there to be all of you and none, none of me in this message tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Amen. 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 All right. They already own it in the, in the comments, so let's just, let's just pop off right there then. Procrastination is the action of unnecessarily and voluntarily delaying or postponing something despite knowing that there will be negative consequences for doing so. They they already they preaching already and I ain't got to it. That's what procrastination is. I mean, how many times have you said, oh, I get it done tomorrow? Let me see your hands real quick. You're like, oh, I do that tomorrow. That, that ain't a big deal. Say it in a <laughs> Coach, Coach Vaughn in the uh, studio, like, hey, me, man, listen, that was me this week. I ain't gonna lie to you. Uh, that was me. That was me today. All right. Like, I get it done later. Right. Have you ever caught yourself saying these words? And of course, if, if you ain't raising your hand, if we was in church, we'll just lay hands and throw the oil on you because you lying. We have all been guilty at some point of putting off something. Right. Procrastination has affected us all at some point in our lives, and it still impacts some of us today. Procrastination, though it seems harmless, is slowly eroding away our future. If we don't deal with procrastination, you can imagine how the the um, the Grand Canyon became the Grand Canyon not by over a in a day, not over a hundred years. It's, it's like that over millennia. And so what happens is now we're not living for millennia, but every single moment you procrastinate, you you strengthen the muscle of procrastination, making it easier to do that thing over and over and over again. All right. Procrastination, though, it seems harmless, is slowly eroding away your future. Each failure to act is a failure to create, receive, honor, build or obey each failure to act is also a failure to create. So when God gives you a word, the Bible says that he will give us the power to get wealth, that he will, he will teach us how to get wealth. Well, when I fail to implement the strategies, the tools that God has told me to implement, such as starting the business, then what I am doing is creating my own failure 
to experience prosperity. Why? Because I'm putting off the venture that God has designed to bring me wealth. I'm putting off going back to school that's designed to give me knowledge to do the next thing that God wants me to do. I am putting off going to the grocery store when I was supposed to go. Now I'm at home in the cold, hungry, because I, I, I just put it off. Procrastination is not designed to strengthen your life. Procrastination is not designed to help you out. Procrastination is slowly destroying you over time. Each time you put it off, it is just pushing you further and further from manifestation. Every time we procrastinate, it pushes us further and further from manifestation. Why? Because if I wouldn't have procrastinated and I wouldn't have got groceries today, then I could manifest a grilled cheese sandwich, right? Because I'll have everything that I need. If I would have done it today, then I could have made me some uh, chicken or whatever I desire. But when I procrastinate and say, I'm going to do something later, first of all, later isn't guaranteed. Second of all, later is not promised to you, but later isn't now. And so many times we miss out on the things of God because we expect God to continually give us opportunities. But there are some things that God asks you to do that it only could be done in the timing in which he told you you can get it done, right? Like when God told you to go to the gas station. Oh, let me, let me read this quote and then this example will make sense. Procrastination is not done in a vacuum. Thought, though the thought comes from one's mind, the act sends ripples across the world. Procrastination is not done in a vacuum. Though the thought comes from my own mind, let's talk about me, though the thought may come from Ralph's mind, the act of procrastination sends ripples across the entire world. So, and I always think about the story of Pastor Edward and Pastor Sean when they used to come to Conway to uh to to do ministry right and so one time and pastor edwin had this particular store i think it's in russellville that he used to love uh stopping at right and so but this time god told him to do something different they told him to go to the store that he didn't particularly like going to uh at uh and but he did it anyway he could have procrastinated. He was like, oh, I'm just not going to stop in Russellville at all. I'm going to stop at the next place, you know, because a lot of times we put off things and we'll find out today. Well, maybe depending on how we get that procrastination isn't always about being lazy. Procrastination is a result of an emotional response a lot of times for a lot of people. And the fact that you know that you're not lazy, that you'll go out and do all kinds of work in one area, but you're procrastinating in another area. So that's an indication that it's not that you're not willing to work per se, it's that you have an emotional attachment, you have a, a emotional a habitual loop going on that's causing you to put off certain tasks. And so that's what we're going to talk about eventually, right? But procrastination is not done in a vacuum, though the thought comes from one's mind, the accents ripples across the world because Pastor Edwin decided to obey God. Uh, because Pastor Edwin decided not to put off the thing that God told him to do. In that moment, there was a man looking, there was a man obeying God, doing what God told him to do, showing up at the gas station. So when Pastor Edwin got there, God told him what to look for, and he was able to bless that family to get to their destination. Had Pastor Edwin procrastinated, 
had Pastor Edwin put off that thing, the ripple effect would be that that man may not have received what he was looking for. Now, we know that God can raise up anybody to do that, but why in the world would we want God to raise up somebody when I can be that person? Why, why would you want that? And so right now, the fact that we're not in businesses, the fact that we're not investing, the fact that we have not broken up with boo, you know, I'm going to always bring up boo. The fact that we keep putting things off, right, that God has called us to do, it's not just affecting us now, it's affecting us later. The fact, and this is what the Lord told me, this was an example he gave me, all right, because I could talk about me. He said, Ralph, the fact that you don't always want to exercise, Let's let's name let's talk about the facts in the family. Your family, no no grandparent of yours have lived to see seventy years old or older. It just hasn't happened. All three of my grandparents, uh, three of them died from heart disease. Two of them were diabetic and suffered from high blood pressure and stuff. He said there are some things in your genealogy. Uh, that you must overcome. And I have already overcome those things. However, with overcoming those things, there is a maintenance plan that I need for you to employ in your life in order to ensure that you don't be like your grandparents. And one of those things is exercise. One of those things is drinking water. Some, one of those things is giving up pork, right? Those are some things that the Lord told me to do. And so if I fail to do those things, if I procrastinate and make up reasons why I can't exercise, make up reasons why I can't eat right, I procrastinate, you know what? I'll just start eating right tomorrow. I'll start eating right the next day. The ripple that happens is that I die like my ancestors. So that the same reason that me and April sit today, we like, man, it would so be nice that Ava and Ada knew their grandma Gail, my mom. It would really be nice that they knew this person, uh, my great grandma, because they don't, because some of the decisions, because we keep putting off doing what's right. And every time we put off doing what's right, procrastination is destroying our livelihoods. Procrastination is destroying our length of years because we just keep putting things off. And so Lord, I said, Lord, okay, I receive. I understand that. So that when I procrastinate, I am limiting the future of my grandkids from even knowing me. I am limit, limiting the, the ability to build an even greater legacy all because I wouldn't take care of the temple in which God gave me. Another thing he told me is that everybody didn't have this in their genealogy. So what we got to understand is, is Pastor Edwin's family may be used to living to 90 and that's what's in their genes. And, and so I can't be out here upset because I don't get to eat everything Pastor Edwin eats. I don't, that I, Pastor Edwin can exercise 20 minutes and I got to put in an hour. I can't allow what somebody else's life looks like to cause me to then make decisions that align with their life because what their genealogy, what their family history is like and all those things may not be what's, what's mine. And we know that the blood heals all things but with all things, God gives you specific instructions on how to live your life to overcome the habits and the things that have been in your generation. But every time we procrastinate, it causes us to not experience what God's best is for our life. So what is procrastination? 
Procrastination is the act of putting off or delaying something that you should be doing now to another time. God, I know you, 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 you told me to exercise 30 minutes a day. You know I had a really long day. You know that these kids bothered my nerves. You know it all, God. I'm just going to go to sleep tonight, but I'll do it tomorrow. But then when tomorrow gets here, you still don't do it. So that's what procrastination, putting it off. And let's do a little background. The Latin verb for procrastination is perestinare, uh, which means to put off until tomorrow. And the Greek word for that, uh, Greek basis for that is acratia, doing something against our better judgment. And see, here's the thing. If you're honest with yourself, you know what you should be doing, but you just don't. Let's just be honest. I know I should be exercising. I know I should be working on that proposal. I know I should be writing that paper. I know I should be doing X, but you don't do it. And here's the thing. You are aware that it's wrong. But then we have these crazy emotions attached to it. I do my best work in the 11th hour. I mean, I'm better when crunch time. You Because you have prepared yourself to be a procrastinator. And those are the emotions and the feelings that we have related to procrastination that keeps us perpetuating that and causing us to miss out on God because we don't do what God says do when he says to do it. Regardless of the reason, we must overcome procrastination, whether it's an emotional loop uh, related to failure, whether it's laziness, anxiety, fear, whatever you feel like is causing you to procrastinate, we got to overcome that. All right. Let's go to John 5. All right. Let's see what the word has to say about this. It says, there was a certain man there who had suffered with deep-seated and lingering disorder for 38 years. When Jesus noticed him laying there, helpless, knowing that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you want to become well? Are you really in earnest about getting well? This is what he said. He says, the invalid answered, sir, I have nobody when the water is moving to put me into the pool. Well, while I'm trying to come into it myself, somebody else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your bed, your sleeping pad and walk. Instantly, the man became well and recovered his strength and picked up his bed and walked. But that happened on the Sabbath, right? So check this out. In verse six, Jesus asked the man, are you serious about being healed? Why in the world do you think Jesus would ask that man, is he serious? First of all, he, healing was available. And in 38 years, he couldn't find nobody to put him in that water. Don't you know that confused Jesus? He's like, you've been here 38 years and you couldn't get Joe Pete, your cousin, to roll you down there in that water? You couldn't get Mary to roll you down in that water? You telling me you had nobody to roll you down in that water? Why? Because what we end up doing, we end up making excuses, reasons to disobey God. We make, we make excuses. Excuses become a rationale, and they become so real to us that it overpowers what we really can do. The man said, in 38 years, you telling me he couldn't fall up out of that wheelchair and roll his way down there? Y'all just, let's just be real. You tell me, I know you're an invalid, but you you can't roll yourself. You can't do nothing. Nobody knock you out that chair and you just kind of 
come roll army crawl on down into that water like like in 38 years that's why jesus said are you serious about getting healed in 38 years he couldn't find a way to get into the water jesus questioned his seriousness the man had put himself in a habitual loop of failure a habitual loop of failure he tried the first time and he didn't make it right the next time he tried he didn't make it so the third time he tried his mind his own mind reminded him of the first two failures so he said to himself i'm just going to sit here and wait on healing but he put no effort towards being healed so the man was so let me keep reading he put no effort to be healed so for 38 years he set by healing until jesus showed up for 38 years are you gonna sit by prosperity until jesus showed up but let me help you jesus already showed up you got the holy spirit right so for how long will you wait before you just take up your own bed baby ain't nobody coming to get you out of poverty you gotta learn something new ain't nobody gonna come and snatch that weight off you you gotta move your own body ain't you gotta eat something different ain't nobody gonna come and fill out that application for you and even if they did they you they ain't coming to work for you you gotta do something different take up your own bed and walk the man no longer had faith to be healed he had intentions to be healed and look at this quote there are no rewards for good intentions i had to say law on that one i listened to a message by pastor dollar and he said there there are no rewards for good intentions and see so many of us have and and, that, and that's what i love with pastor uh i think it's pastor Sean talk about the kids and getting all these awards for just showing up baby in real life there ain't no awards for good intentions you don't just get rewarded for showing up you just don't get rewarded for being on a team you just don't get rewarded for just being present there are no rewards for good intentions the bible says the just shall live by faith it doesn't say the just shall live by good intentions it doesn't say the just shall live by thinking good thoughts it doesn't say the just shall live by wanting to do well it says the just shall live by faith and those that are in faith have corresponding action to the faith that they have that's right pastor Evan. there's no try you either do it or you don't your intentions don't count and see oh that hurts folks feelings right like that i mean let's say me and april's having an argument I'm not an argument, but there was something going on in our marriage and we talked about it. And I, and April said, hey, Ralph, I need you to be more affectionate. And, 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 and then, and, and, then the, and I asked her, hey, baby, how I'm doing? And she said, you sucking at it. You're not being more affectionate. And I was like, well, I, I'm intending to, I'm trying to. No, but you're not doing it. And so many times we've wanted people to make us feel good for what we intended to do. But because you know, change ain't changed till you changed change ain't change until you have changed because some of y'all right now if, if you told your kids to take out the trash if i told aiden to take out the trash because that's one of his one of his duties right and he sat there all day playing on that uh nintendo switch and he's like but daddy i intended to take out that trash your intentions don't move nothing faith moves 
Intentions don't move nothing. Faith moves. Intentions don't move nothing. You can't intend to go to work and expect to get paid. But we intend to, to, to do that. We intend to read our word. We intend to fast. And we want God to reward us. But you know that don't make sense. That's why you show up for work every day. You don't intend to go to work. You go to work. Why? Because you're understanding to be paid for to have a paycheck, I have to go and put in the work. I have to do my part. I have to participate in the system that has been established. The system is Ralph goes to work. Ralph manages schools across Arkansas. Ralph ensures that superintendents and the districts are happy. And because I do that, they did pay me a check. But if I intended to write a proposal, but I never wrote it, we wouldn't have any schools. And if I didn't have any schools, we wouldn't have a program. If I didn't have any program, then there would be no money to hire people. Your intentions don't do nothing. So we got to be willing to put in the work. And that work is established and it starts where the will of God is known. That's where faith starts. Faith starts where the will of God is known. What's the will of God for our life? All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip ahead. We're going to keep going. So that word intend simply means to plan for something to function in a particular way, right? It's just a plan. Your plans don't do nothing if you never act on them. Some of us plan to be debt-free by the time we're 30, but we know why we're not. We, we, we didn't have faith for it. We didn't have the corresponding action. How many of y'all have planned on losing that, that winter weight by the time summer got here so you can have your, your summer body? But you look the same in summer. You look the same in July as you did in December. You know why? Because you just intended to do nothing. You didn't have faith. You didn't have corresponding action. Procrastination came in and it destroyed you. Why? Procrastination and intention, they go in the same boat. A lot of people intend to be blessed, but they aren't blessed. A lot of people intend to be blessed, but you ain't blessed because you don't become blessed by intentions. You come become blessed by faith. So procrastination has eroded action that corresponds to faith. Therefore, we do not lay hold of God's manifested blessings. Procrastination has eroded our actions that correspond to faith. Therefore, we do not lay hold of God's manifested blessings. His works are finished, but in order to lay hold of those works, we have to exercise faith. And if we're always procrastinating and putting off the corresponding action that aligns with our faith, then we'll never experience what our Father has already provided. Uh, it says, after Jesus asked the man about if he was serious or not, check out what Jesus did next. John 5 and 8. It said, Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your bed and walk. He didn't, he didn't say... John Pete, come pick up this dude's bed. He told the guy to pick up his own bed. You are responsible for your own breakthrough. You are responsible for your own deliverance. You are responsible for it. And as long as you look to other people to be the thing that rescue you, then you are always becoming up short because it's not other people's faith that made you whole. Your faith is going to make you whole. Now, grandma's prayers and things like that, they are keeping us. And some of us are only living good lives because of the prayers of other people. And you're wondering, why am I not moving to the next level? Why am I not experiencing these things? Because your faith, you're not willing to pick up your own bed. 
You're not willing to, to do what it takes for you to move to the next level. And it's not always because you're lazy. Because you go to work, you work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. You put in overtime. So it's not that you're not willing to work, but your, your, your habitual loop, the emotional loop that you have established concerning certain tasks that God has asked you to do causes discomfort. It causes anxiety. You have a perfectionism attitude and it keeps you from operating because you always find a way to procrastinate. The man's intentions did nothing to bring him healing. His actions brought him healing. His faith made him whole. Go ahead and talk to that. Say, my faith makes me whole. My faith makes me whole. If every time God asks you to do something and we put it off, how can we expect to receive? If every time we have an opportunity to increase in knowledge, we procrastinate, how can we become wiser? If every time we have an opportunity to exercise, we procrastinate, how can our temples, our bodies become better? You know, if every time I have an opportunity to sow and I procrastinate, then how can I expect to harvest? I have to stop procrastinating. Remember, procrastination is not done in a vacuum. My failure to do things when God tells me to do it always has a ripple effect. All right. So let's move on. Procrastination is a selfish act done solely for the purpose of relieving yourself. Man. This is one of this is one of those things that I took out for this and I was talking to myself. Ralph, you selfish. Every time you choose to procrastinate, you it's a selfish act done solely for the purpose of relieving your own self. You're not helping anybody by procrastinating. You're not helping yourself. You're not helping your family. You're not helping the kingdom. Nobody's benefiting by you procrastinating. Not when it comes to doing the things of God. So let's talk about what the Bible says about procrastination. All right. Let's look at a few scriptures. Hebrews 12 and 11 says, says this. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Man, why don't I have peace in my mind? Why do I always feel like nobody cares about me? Why do these, why do, why, why, why are my relationships always feeling? You, you're not disciplined. You know, you ain't tamed your team. You, you ain't bringing boo by so nobody can see them and vet them and tell you that they ain't the one. You lack discipline. You let your emotions and your tinglies create situations in which you want to be a part of. And because you want to be a part of that and you lack no discipline and you don't want to experience, I don't want to be alone. And so you got to be with somebody. You got to be booed up, right? It's cuffing season. It's cold outside. I want to be laying beside somebody. Now you don't get to reap righteousness and you don't get to reap peace why because righteousness and peace is reserved for those who employ discipline and the bible says discipline doesn't seem pleasant at the time in the amplified version it says it this way for the time being no discipline really brings joy but seems grievous and painful the lord is telling us hey when i ask you to do something when i when i correct you when these things happen it won't feel good to you 
but I got it in orange and underlined in my Bible. Uh, I mean, on my notes and in my Bible, it says this, but afterwards. I love that but, right? But cancels out every single thing in front of it. So if I, it says, for the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems grievous and painful. But afterwards, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. A harvest of fruit which consists in righteousness and conformity to God's will and purpose and thought and action resulting in right living and right standing with God. So when I choose not to procrastinate, when I choose to employ self-control, when I choose to employ discipline, what it does, it may not feel good at the moment. Getting on that Peloton may not feel good at the moment. Eating a salad instead of eating fried chicken may not feel good at the moment. Declining his call or her call instead of taking it may not feel good in, at the moment. You know, learning something new to apply for that job may not feel good at the moment. You know, being the, I mean, y'all get me with air quotes tonight, but being not the smartest person in the room may not feel good at the moment. But the Bible says, but afterwards, it yields a peaceful fruit. Afterwards, right, it brings you peace and righteousness and puts you in right standing with God. And so if we can just get past. Once again, I'm talking about procrastination. It's not always about you being lazy. And for a lot of now, now, hold on now. Let me, you know, it's Pastor Rap. Let me tell you, some of some y'all lazy. All right. Some of y'all lazy. And, and, and that's why you don't see nothing. All right. So so I'm not saying for everybody, but for some people. And Pastor Evan, you're exactly right. Procrastination is really just another form of escape escapism. You're exactly right. And that'll be later on. All right. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says this. But be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand that the Lord's will is, what the Lord's will is. Be careful then how you live, making the most of every opportunity. Every time we procrastinate, it's procrastination making the most of the opportunity. Yeah, I'm a teacher, so I got weight game. I'll wait just for 30 seconds for this delayed uh, comments. Is procrastination making the most of every opportunity? Yes or no? A or B? A, procrastination is the best opportunity making the most, or B, it is not. Let's see what the let's see what the saints saying. What is the saints saying? So the saints are going with B. I got the smart group tonight. Procrastination is not making the most of the opportunity. So Jesus says, be very careful then how you live. Power people poll question. That's right, Pastor John, A or B. All right. Be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. All right. Now, those scriptures are good. Let me show you the scripture that slapped me in my face. Right. This is the one that did it for me. James 4 and 17. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. And if y'all don't like that version, say go to NIV form. 
If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. And the Lord, I was like, who, Lord? So you telling me, Lord, that when I know you told me to get up at six and pray, and I didn't do it, and I know it was the right thing to do, and I failed to do it, I am sending unto the Lord. When you when 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 I encountered that person, Lord, and you told I, I had a sense, I had I had an unction from the Holy Spirit to to sow a hundred dollars into their life. But I considered the win, I considered my bills, I considered all these things, and I didn't act when you told me to do it, Lord. I said I will go home and check the budget. I procrastinated. You telling me, Lord, I sinned. What? When God told me to go to church on Sunday, when he told me to log on to every service of FOC for the year of 2022, but I didn't do it because I didn't want to miss the, the, the new episodes that was coming out on the new show. I procrastinated. I said, it's recorded, Lord. So I'll just catch the replay. You telling me, Lord, I'm seeing that's what you're telling me, Pastor Ralph. That is absolutely what I'm telling you. Whatever, Pastor nails it, whatever is not done in faith is sin. So whatever, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. And see, for me, it made things, I repent too, nature. I repent it. I ain't lying to you. I repent it because I was like, Lord. And so this is about procrastination tonight. But you think about this scripture, that's a whole lot. There's a whole lot of things you know that's the right thing to do and you fail to do it. And the Bible says for him, it's sin. You don't got to pray about everything that you need to do. If it aligns with the kingdom, let, let me rephrase because I don't, I don't want y'all to take that the wrong way. Listen, there are things that align with the kingdom and the heart of God to do, right? So when it comes to giving, for example, if somebody's house burns down, right? Or if there's a, a, a mother who's trying to take care of their kids and they don't have any way to do it, right? I know it's the right thing to do is to help take care of them. So I hear God say no, but I know the right thing to do is to take care of them because the Bible talks about taking care of orphans and, and widows and take care of those that are that are less and that are out. I, so I know the right thing to do, right? And so I go to do unless the Lord says not to do. I like that wording, uh, Shavandra, uh, Ms. Lee. Kingdom ethics. You know the right thing to do, but see, some of us sin and not even knowing we sin because the Bible said the Lord tells us to meditate on his word both day and night. What he wants us to do is to have knowledge of what's expected, but you don't get a pass per se just because, think about it. If, if Ava does not know about gravity, but if Ava jumps off the roof, she's still going to be subject to the law. As a born again believer, the fact that you don't read the word does not give you an excuse not to be held to the standard of the word. And so sometimes you out here sinning because you just ain't spent enough time with God to know what's right. You ain't spent enough time with God to know what's right. So whoever knows the right thing to do, 
and fails to do it for him and sin. And see, here's the thing. That's why you got to be careful in your relationships, especially your marriages. When God says, uh, when you know you should apologize, <laughs> but you choose not to do for him, it's sin. When, when you know what's right, right? But that ain't what we're talking about tonight. So I'm going to keep moving because I got 14 more minutes left. But you got to understand that you are count, you got to understand that for you, there are certain things that may be right that may not be right for, like, I can't compare myself to Coach Vaughn. I can't compare myself to Elder Valley, right? I got to know there are some kingdom ethics, right? But then there are some personal things that God have told me to do. And I got to do what's right according to God, because if I don't, for me, that's sin. And see, it's bigger than drugs and sex and fornication and uh, adultery and all that. There's some little things you're doing right now every day that you know ain't right. And it's sin. Because like Pastor Sean said, whatever is not done in faith is sin. Why? Whatever is not done in faith is sin. You can't have faith to be out there applying for a job God didn't tell you to apply. I don't care how much money it pays. I don't care if it's in your, like, I don't care if it's on the beach and comes with a 22-room uh, mansion with 23 and a half baths with a walkout deck to the ocean. It can have everything you want, but if the Lord said don't go, then don't go. Because to go is sin. And so many times what we do, we put off the word of God for the sake of fulfilling our own flesh. So what has God asked you to do that you're not doing? And how is procrastination causing you to sin? And that's, that's a self-reflective question. How is procrastination causing you to sin? All right. That's right, nature. I tell my kids that all the time. I had some kids do some stuff this week. Ignorance does not exempt us from the consequences. It just doesn't. It doesn't. So real quick, because uh, we're going to wrap up and we'll get into some more next week. But I go over a couple of reasons. Why do we procrastinate, right? Number one, we want to dodge discomfort. Just human nature doesn't want to feel discomfort, right? And, and here's an easy way to, to know that. In the winter, what do you do? You put on more clothes. You wear hoodies. You lay on the couch with a blanket. Why? Because you want to feel nice and warm and cozy. In the summer, you wear lighter clothes. Why? Because you want to feel nice and cool. Your body is always craving comfort. But what we can't do as human beings is to allow comfort, the desire for comfort, to cause us to disobey God and procrastinate doing the things that he wants us to do. Like for me, whether y'all believe it or not, it's I'm a lot better now, but it's still uncomfortable for me to get up in front of people and talk. And you know what causes that discomfort? And I've worked through it a lot. I used to stutter a whole lot. I'll, I still mispronounce words sometimes, but I don't really care about that. I laugh about it now. But there were things that I did in my speech that caused great anxiety and discomfort. And so I had to come to the decision, am I going to procrastinate? Am I going to put these things off? Am I going to continue to disobey God? Or I'm going to break this habitual loop that I have that causes me to disobey and procrastinate concerning the way I feel about my own myself speaking? And, and what am I going to do? And what's, what could have been discomfort Comfort would have been, oh, I just hired a speech therapist, even though I'm mid-30s. 
Uh, I'm 38. April, I was getting on. I know how old I am, baby. I am 38. I'll be 39 March 24th. Uh, I forget my age and birthday a lot. But what 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 this what what commitment says is this. Okay, what's the thing that causes me to procrastinate? For me, it was that I identified one of those things. And so I had to deal with it. I had to deal with the fact that, hey, if I get excited, then my R's and my W's may sound the same. But does that mean I don't now preach the gospel the way that God has called me to do? I had to understand that some words I may not pronounce well, but that means that I stop. I may have a slur and I'm country and I talk slow. All those things that are facts, right? And they don't change anything. The fact is I can't, I can't procrastinate in an effort because I want to dodge discomfort. Here's another one. You don't want God talking to you about you. I'm still on the first one. My bad, there. You don't want God talking to you. So some of us dodge discomfort because here's the thing. We know we're a whole mess and we don't want to change it. You know you're a whole mess and you don't want to change it. So you just avoid God because you don't want God to talk to you about you. You don't even want to hear God. If the God that you serve only talks to you about how great you are and how, how beautiful you are and how handsome you are and how you're doing such a great job at everything, baby, I, I question whether that's God, whether that's you and not God. Because the God that we serve is a God of correction. He says, "You, I love, I correct you because I love you. So you have, you've never been corrected. If all you are hearing is this, is these sweet words of comfort and this, and, and this, this pleasure, then you, you talking to yourself, baby. You making that up, calling to God. Because God is all about growing us up to make us become who he has called us to be. Not to be a better us, but be the person God has called us to be. So we got so part of the reason we procrastinate is that we know we're a mess and we don't want to change it. So we just don't hear God. We are stuck in the emotional loop concerning change because we refuse to let anybody talk to us. So because it's easier to shut people out than to embrace the fact that I'm a mess and I need to change. It's easier to just block people out than go to the doctor and get a checkup because I know my body ain't acting right. You know your body ain't right. You know that you're feeling sluggish, you're feeling tired, whatever's going on in your body. Instead of finding out what's wrong, you know it's broken, but you don't want to address what's broken because you may just be asked to change the way you live. And so it's more comfortable to embrace, it's more comfortable to just support these feelings of uh, that you know aren't right concerning your health than just to go deal with them. Because Lord forbid they ask me to drink water. Lord forbid they ask me to exercise. Lord forbid they ask, they tell me that this person isn't good for me. Lord forbid that they ask me how to do something, right? Because you don't want to be discomforted. And so we embrace illness a lot because we don't want to be discomforted. All right. Another reason why we procrastinate, we're indecisive. You always overanalyze everything, making every decision more difficult than it has to be. Like you can't make a decision. Like, like, do you want, do you want, do you want uh, bacon at breakfast, or, or do you want turkey sausage? Lord, I don't know which one I want. Man, I just, I mean, you, you just all over the place. You just can't make a decision because you analyze. Well, uh, it, okay, how many calories are in turkey bacon? Turkey bacon is thirty-five calories. 
turkey bacon has this much protein. But if I get turkey sausage, it has this many calories. I mean, that's what we do. We're like, you know what? Forget it all together. I'm just going to go to McDonald's and get me a McGriddle with a large frappe and, and a hash brown. You could have chose any one of those and been more healthier, but your indecisiveness causes you to just say, forget it all. I'm just going to choose something that's unhealthy. And if you're honest with yourself, that's what we do. And, 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 and me and April joke about this. This is more April than me. Uh, April polarizes. She's wanted polarization, right? It has to be perfect, right? And that's partly me too, uh, but uh, more we, when we just talking about each other, because I'll talk about us so that I won't have to talk about y'all. Uh, polarization. Everything has to be perfect. And, and Pastor Jim, really, she don't know. I probably need, I need to send her some cash out. She helped free me from this a lot because she's just like, I'm going to fly this plane and I'm, we just going to go and I'm going to give it the best on the level that I know how. You got to assign new meaning for it. I'm going to be as perfect as I can be based on my current knowledge level. And as my knowledge level increases, then my ability to be more perfect or to, to produce products in a better way becomes better. But what I, what I won't let happen is my desire to be perfect at something is impossible if you think about it, if you never tried it. Like I tried right now. To go out. I love that. We're going to put that up. Excellence is progressive. We get better as we go. And that'll help a lot of people who are indecisiveness, who, who are indecisive and think I got to be perfect at it. Excellence is progressive. We get better as we go. And so I would be crazy to think I watch uh, curling on uh, Winter Olympics. I'm not sure why I like curling, but I like curling. Uh, and so, you know, curling, they got that little uh, it's a little stone that's made. It's only available in one area in the world. Uh, I forget the name of the area, but they make this little stone and then they roll it on that ice. And then they got the little sweepers, right? That are constantly sweeping. So if I went out there and attempted curling, it would be insane to think that I'll be perfect at curling, having never attempted it. But that's what your brain is telling you when you don't start the business. To start a business and think that it will all go perfect is it's crazy. But the way that the human mind thinks, it'd be like, okay, then if it ain't going to be perfect, I ain't going to do it. Well, you never going to do it because you can't be perfect at something having never tried it, right? What did Pastor say? Excellence is what? It's progressive. We get better as we go. So you got to tear that up, right? Ecclesiastes 11 and 4 in the International Children's Bible says it this way. If a person waits for perfect weather, he will never plant the seeds, especially if you're in Arkansas. Because I'm not sure what part of Arkansas y'all in. Some of y'all ain't in Arkansas. But it was 67 degrees just the other day. Shorts, T-shirt, me and the kids kicking it outside having fun. Now, by my watch, it's 31 degrees. It was sleeting today, right? If you are observing the weather, you'll never plant. And really with that, and it says, and if he is afraid that every cloud will bring rain, he'll never harvest his crops. The Bible talks about, listen, there's not a perfect time. Here's the perfect time to do it whenever God tells you to. Perfection is defined by the word. 
perfection is defined by the word. When is the perfect time for me to get married? When the Lord told you you get married? When is the perfect time for me to transfer to a new job? When the Lord told you to transfer to a new job? When is the perfect time for me to invest in real estate? When the Lord told you to invest in real estate? It does not matter what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. It does not matter about COVID-19. It does not matter about inflation and interest rate. If God told you to sow today, baby, it's the perfect time. Why? Because the word is what establishes our faith. The word is what establishes our faith. Faith begins where the will of God is known, right? And so once I know the will of God, I can walk in faith. And when I'm in faith, I can expect some things to occur on my behalf. I can expect faith favor. I can expect wisdom. I can expect a plan of action, right? I expect a miracle. I can expect strength and to endure and to change comes. There are some things I can expect when I'm in faith. And so I don't need to observe with my natural senses anything to know that it's perfect timing. It's perfect when the word says so. So for this year, it is the perfect time to not be in a panic. It is the perfect time to not be in a rush. It is the perfect time not to fear and to not get out of love. Why? Because that's what the word says. It said these coming days are the days that you have prayed for, right? It's the perfect time. And so the fourth thing that causes people to procrastinate is laziness. And that's some people, right? Because some people are just lazy. You don't want to do nothing right? You want to, you don't want to do nothing. And, I, and, and, and psychologists talk about emotions and I actually agree with that, but I don't want to discount the fact that some people are just lazy. And so as we talk about this over the next couple of weeks, you got to identify, is this an area I'm simply being lazy in, or am I stuck in a habitual emotional loop that's attached to something that's causing me not to want to engage in this activity, right? But yeah, uh, you can't just be lazy. Like you don't want to work. You don't want to work. Like you, you kinda, you kinda bothered by the fact that you gotta ask people to uh for money and you don't know how you're gonna live from week to week, but that don't bother you as much as the pain of having to go and go to work every week. So the pain of being broke is not greater than the pain of working. So sometimes you just lazy and you don't want to do anything. Now, and I purposely then put a lot of scriptures in my notes about laziness because uh, I didn't want to to get off on that tangent. But we'll come back and we'll talk. We'll preach a message about laziness, about working with your hands. Proverbs talks all about it. But let me let me wrap up here. It says overall, most people procrastinate not because they are lazy, but they are emotional. Think about it. People who will spend a great deal of time, energy, and effort doing one thing isn't lazy. They will work hard in an area, but not in all areas. Have anybody besides me procrastinated in this way? You know you need to do a report or needed to do X, but instead of doing X, you went and folded the clothes, you went and cleaned the kitchen, you went and did something like that. That's indication that not necessarily that you lazy. You didn't sit and slouch and do nothing. You replaced the behavior that you needed to do with something else. That is still a form of procrastination. Your mood is impacting your decision to act. How many of you guys have ever felt like this? I don't feel like doing it. Both hands, I'll raise my feet too, right? I don't feel like doing it. Why? 
because we're honest for a lot of people procrastination is an emotional regulation problem not a time management problem procrastination is an emotion regulation problem not a time management problem you're right josh just because you're doing a lot of stuff don't mean you're getting a lot of stuff done and, and i love pastor Evans. let's put it up what's crazy is that it takes the same energy to avoid doing what needs to be done as it does to just do it and, and that's perfect right and that'll be a great segue into next week when we talk about uh procrastination is about being more focused on the immediate immediate urgency of man, managing negative moves than getting on with the task so what you're going to find out that a lot of times you're procrastinating to to avoid a negative feeling immediate urgency all right uh later on you when we talk about the amyg amygdala all right that'll be next week we'll talk about how that this flight happens right because the threat detector your amygdala detects threat and so in your mind when you feel discomfort when you feel these negative emotions your amygdala actually thinks that you are that it's a threat so in in order to avoid the threat it wants to avoid the situation altogether so you find yourself not doing the thing that you know you need to do but you don't do it because in your mind your it's called a amygdala hijack your your amygdala has hijacked your mind and said oh this is a threat you're not good at this this is a threat this ain't your best area this is a threat you got low confidence in this area and you see that threat and you run from it even though the same energy you spend running from it you could have used that energy to actually complete the task and so we'll start talking about next week how our mind is impacting our ability to do the things that god has told us to do right you're right courtney Bowens. it goes back to what pastor evan says you get your mind right you got to tame your thoughts because procrastination the task could be unpleasant and you don't want to do it but it but it could i mean it gets deeper than that like it gets real deeper than that and so that's what we're doing because every and see here's the cycle every time you choose procrastination you're rewarding yourself all right in my occupation, I deal with uh, alternative education students. Uh, and for a lot of our kids, we're working with them, creating uh, intervention plans, getting, giving them tools, skills uh, necessary in order to deal with some of the behaviors or, or the thinking, ADHD, uh, disruptive mood, ODD, uh, depression, anxiety, all of those things, right? We're giving them the tools that they need to be able to uh, operate in a regular school setting. Part of how we get them to employ those tools is that we use incentives to reinforce the behavior that we're looking for. And so what happens is when they do the thing that we're looking for, we reward them. And, and, and in the human mind, when we receive a reward, it reinforces that behavior. And so over time, where we may be rewarding somebody every 30 minutes for not cussing the teacher right and that's a real that's a real example right why because you just meet people where they are and so and now we're going to date 
and we're rewarding them for not cussing teachers. Until now, they have rewired their brain to understand that's not appropriate and the reward is now not necessary in order for them to now operate in the correct behavior. So what, have, what procrastination has done, every time you procrastinated, it brought this momentary relief to your brain. It, and, and when that momentary relief showed up, you reinforce procrastination for the future because you're like, whoo, man, I don't got to do that right now. Man. And so, so, so some of y'all, it ain't the fact that you lazy, you have been re you like the man sitting by the, uh, the water, the water been troubled, but for 38 years, that brother kept standing there. Why? He had good intentions, but good intentions don't do nothing. He 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 wanted to do it, but wanting to do it ain't good enough because that's not faith. Want and faith aren't the same thing. And every time he allowed himself to procrastinate and to give himself a reason, it reinforced the poor uh, decision making, causes this vicious this vicious cycle. And and because this is what happens, I got oh I was down or two. All right, this is what happens. In the human, and we'll pick up this next week and we'll talk about it more, but in the immediate present, putting off a task provides a relief. And that relief is a reward for procrastinating, right? It's a reward for procrastinating. And basic behaviorism tells us this. When you reward something, you tend to do it again. There, oh, you got procrastination tends not to be a one-off behavior, but a cycle one that easily becomes a chronic habit because every time you do it, you're rewarding yourself with this feeling of relief. And y'all know what that feeling of relief is. I mean, what's your relief, right? I like to go get massages sometimes. I like to go to movies. I like to sit in my car, car and not have anybody say anything to me and turn up every phone and piece of technology on silent. I like not to be disturbed. That brings me relief. And so we chase, as human beings, we chase relief. And so some of us, some of you, me, whoever, we procrastinate not because we're either lazy people who don't want to accomplish anything. Your procrastination is almost like a drug. Not almost, you're addicted to it. Why? Because every time you do it, you're rewarding yourself with a sense of relief that then causes that cycle to become more strong. All right. So next week, we'll pick up with talking about rewarding procrastination. We'll go through how the brain works, and then I'll give you some steps on how to overcome procrastination. All right. Yes, Pastor, it is the thinking, feeling cycle. Yes, ma'am. Uh, and that's what we'll do next week. So hopefully today was a good introduction to understanding uh, just what is procrastination, how it impacts our life, right? Why am I doing it? It's not that you just lazy, but you have this cycle going on for some of y'all are, all right? Because you know, I just I, I always want to just give you that. But some of it is that also you are addicted to that feeling of relief you get. And then your mind, your mind actually separates the present from the future. So your mind is like, oh, we satisfied. That's somebody else's issue because your mind is more concerned about this moment than it is about the future. And if you're not careful, that's why this moment 
continues to look like tomorrow. It still looks like this moment. And then next month still looks like this moment because you won't face the fact that you got to overcome procrastination. You got to fight that feeling to be addicted to relief. And so that's what we'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks. So uh, let me quickly go with the announcements for you. All right. So today's Wednesday. All right. Let's. So the next thing. Uh, let me read Pastor Evans post uh, comment report. Addicted to escapism, the tendency to seek distraction and relief from unpleasant realities, especially by seeking entertainment or engaging in fantasy. And honestly, that was that's going to be one of the steps that we utilize to overcome that. Some of you make escape way too easy for yourself. So that's going to be one of the things that we talk about when we talk about overcoming procrastination, getting rid of those things that making them so easy to access. But anyway, Friday morning, Champion Circle, 6.30 a.m. Make sure you join us, all right? You know, uh, set your alarms, do whatever, make the service live. Then Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, join Pastor Chris and Elder Valley on those keys as they lead us into worship. All right, don't miss Pastor Chris and Elder Valley. I love it every morning. Usually I'm cooking the kids breakfast or something or wrapping that up during that time. And there's no better way to bring Sunday in than listening to Pastor Chris and Elder Valley. If you haven't liked and loved their page, please do so. Set your alerts to get all notifications when they go live, right? Then follow that up by Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean on Sundays. Uh, Pastor Sean did a dynamic teaching this past Sunday on how to think like God. If you haven't gone back to listen to that, do so. You know at FOC, whether you heard the word live or not, you're still responsible for that word. Sign up for the podcast via iTunes, Google, Spotify, whatever you got, there's a podcast that we have that can connect to your device. Sign up for those. That way, every time uh, we our media team submits the podcast, it instantly comes to your device and you never miss a word. All right. So then Monday, Pastor Sean is live on her personal and professional page for Strategy Success at noon on Mondays. Like, love, follow her page. Tuesday night, we have prayer at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And then you're back here Wednesday at uh, 7 for Ignite. Uh, Victory Zone is on demand. Guys, we're almost caught up with the Victory Zone. Parents, thank you for being patient. Uh, hopefully the software thing will be worked out. It's taking us about a full day to process a video. So that really put us behind because it usually only takes about two hours. So uh, we're catching up. We got I got my computer going overnight and we're doing that. So get your kids plugged in. I was looking at the YouTube analytics. A lot of the videos aren't being watched as much. Make sure that you're getting your kids plugged in. As a parent, that's our responsibility for our littles to get the word because uh, they're not just going to go do it themselves, probably. Get them plugged in. Victory Zones on demand, www.focchurch.com. And then next Wednesday, you're back here. Uh, opportunities to give, you know, at FOC, we have 100% tithers. We praise God that we have 100% tithers. That way, FOC is able to give every good work and charitable donation. And we can do every single thing that God has asked this ministry to do. Why? Because you give of your tithe and your offer. So make sure that you avail yourself to give the Giveify, PushPay, Tidely, or text to give if you're within the United States. If you're an international partner, international partners only utilize PayPal at focchurchnwa at gmail.com. All right. So those are the announcements. It, make sure you want to be a partner, man. Come join this church. 
this church lit, right? This church has great teachings. This church has the best pastors ever. We got the best prayer team. We got the best children church worker. We have the best partners in the world. And so you want to become a partner. Go there, sign up. Once you do that, a member of our team will send you information and access to our private Facebook group. All right. And then lastly, if you don't know Jesus is your Lord and personal Savior, come home. All right. Uh, Jesus wants you to come home. All right. What does that mean, Ralph? Pastor Ralph? All you got to do is say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want to see, receive you as Lord. I want to be able to overcome the, the, the temptations of my flesh, flesh. So I thank you that you are my Lord. I accept you into my life. And I thank you that you give me your spirit to dwell on inside of me so that I may live the life you have called me to live. And that's it. You come home and then you get connected to the church, right? And that's what we do. So that's tonight, guys. That was up. Uh, I know we went a little long, but I appreciate you guys. So you guys have a great rest of the week. I love you so much. And I will see you Friday morning at 630 for Champion Circle. Bye-bye.